0: right club be the right club today. Yes. Well, I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything different? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Another episode of the No Laying Up podcast. My name is Randy. I am in for Solly. Uh, he gave me the keys to the car. I am down in Houston, Texas at the U.S. Women's Open at Champions Golf Club. It begins Thursday December 10th, running through the weekend, Sunday, December 13th. What I have in store for you today, uh, we have a two-part podcast. The first part is going to be an interview with my favorite women's golf rider, uh, somebody I, I talk to, oh, about once a quarter on the Trap Draw podcast, Beth Ann Nichols. I'll, I'll introduce her in just a second here. And then after my conversation with Ann Nichols, it's going to be an interview with Bianca, Oh, I always struggle with the last name. Bianca Pagdannanen. She corrects me on, on the proper pronunciation. So uh, I've already apologized to her, and I'll, I'll apologize to her and, and everybody else right now. So that's, that's what's in store. Uh, I urge everybody to check out the Women's Open this weekend. Uh, they are in really good time slots all over, I believe, NBC, uh, Golf Channel. So uh, the, the golf spotlight will certainly be on the women, which is, which is really cool this week. Before I get to Bethany Nichols, I want to thank uh, one of our sponsors for today's episode. That's Wine Access, WineAccess.com. Uh, specifically, you can head to WineAccess.com/NLU. Uh, right now, they're offering 15% off your first three purchases. They have a really wonderful, easy-to-use website. You can search. Uh, for all your favorite w- wines you can explore new wines you can uh, you can search by region you can search by the variety of grape they give you a bunch of tasting notes what to pair it with how it should be served when you should open it for a wine novice like myself it's a uh, it's a wonderful resource to learn more about the juice the grapes if you really are into wine they also have a podcast it is the unfiltered podcast by wine Ac- uh, by wine access you can get that wherever you you get uh, your podcast. So check it out unfiltered by Wine Access. And again, their website is wineaccess.com/nlu. Beth Ann, do you like wine? Do you ever drink wine?
1: <laughs> I, I do like wine. <laughs> As you were thinking, talking about that, I was thinking <laughs> about wine.
0: Well, you, you can check out their site too. That voice uh, belongs to none other than Beth Ann Nichols. She's a senior writer at Golf Week. You can find her there. You can find her on Twitter. She's at Golf Week Nichols, N-I-C-H-O-L-S. Bethann, it's been a while. How are you doing?
1: <laughs> um, I am pleased as punch to be at the uh, 75th U.S. Women's Open. It, we, we, I feel like, you know, we, the golf world, made it to the final major of the year, and it, it feels like a miracle.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, the first, did you ever think we'd be here? In, in December, at a U.S. Open, I, I'm really glad though
1: it's yeah I mean it's wild I actually am going to Naples next week as well for the Tour championship so I brought my Christmas cards with me <laughs> because <laughs> I was like you know I'm basically getting home right before Christmas so at night that's I'm right. gonna you know send out a few cards so that's new uh but but no I mean to your point I I mean I just keep going back to Stacy Lewis saying to me you know eight months ago, if we if we could just get in one tournament you know like she was just going to be grateful for anything and was going to be you know kind of shocked with everything that you know she could get and now when you look at the fact that you Stacy and you know is playing sleeping at home this week
0: home game but i love a home game more than anybody else this I is mean, a huge home game for Stacy it's
1: crazy i mean and out of major i mean how rare <laughs> is that to be able to right. to stay in your own bed and 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 play golf at the course that you're a member at for a major <laughs> championship yeah. so uh so anyways it's uh it's it really is stunning that we've gotten this much golf in this year
0: yeah um well i want to ask you about some of the the your, your your picks this week before we get there i'm wondering and i i do have to tell the folks uh so i traveled to houston with tron carter due to the covid testing and he arrived later uh, than i did into houston he is not allowed on the on the grounds today so he could not participate in this interview but he sent along a number of awesome questions so uh, a lot of these questions i'm going to ask you he he had a big hand in these and one of them is how many u.s women's opens have you been to now
1: so this is my 16th uh, my first one was the best one
0: <laughs> well and that was my follow-up what's yeah what's your favorite the first one
1: yeah i know and and so in the beginning right you're like well did i just really think that was so amazing because it was my first you know time that i'd been to a us women's open but then when you unpack it and years go by and you're like no it really was that special and it was the 2005 us women's open you know it was the the who's who that was in contention you know michelle we playing uh alongside birdie kim Uh, You had, of course, you know, Lorena Ochoa, if she doesn't hit the ball in the water (laughs) on the the last hole. You know, it could be could have been a totally different story. You know, Morgan Pressel, Birdie Kim, you know, it it just was the crowds were enormous. You know, Annika Sorenstam, you know, talking about, you know, the Grand Slam and the beginning of the week, like there was just it was just one storyline after another unfolding and the atmosphere was electric. And, you know, and and then, you know, in the end, we're all, who the heck is Birdie Kim, you know? So, it was just, it, it was a, and and Bernie Lang, oh my gosh, I didn't even mention Bernie Lang. You know, two amateurs finishing runner-up, you know, in a, in a major championship. It was phenomenal.
0: For those who, uh, of course, I remember, but for those listening who might not remember, where was that 2005? Cherry Hills. Cherry Hills, okay. Yes. All right, all right. Well, hopefully... You know, hopefully we'll have we'll see something this week. There'll be cause for something this week that might you know bump that one from (laughs) from the top spot in your rankings. Yeah,
1: that would be fantastic. (laughs)
0: Uh, A little unique this week because we're playing in December and uh, a little bit of a lack of daylight. They're still going with a full 156 player field. Uh, We're going to be spread across two courses on Thursday and Friday. So the Cypress Creek course here at champions will be the championship course in other words they're going to play that uh on the weekend but they're going to use the jackrabbit course for thursday and friday half the you know each each contestant will play around on that course there looks like maybe some weather friday afternoon do you think we could be in for a luck of the draw, kind of. Who I, I've heard the Jackrabbit's probably the easier of the two courses. I, have you heard something similar?
1: Uh, you know, um, it's interesting because Stacy was just saying she thinks Jackrabbit is more difficult. So, really? Okay. Yeah, you know, and that you might you might see some higher numbers there. You know, so it's it, it, they're they're very different golf courses. Uh, and 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 the thing about Jackrabbit is, you know, players could maybe take it for granted a little bit that hey we're we're only going to play that one once i'm going to spend the bulk of my time studying you know the cypress course and you know if you have a bad day at Jackrabbit, you don't get to play the cypress course on the weekend so so you know it's there's there's a lot of homework to be done it's a cram session for a lot of players and it will be really interesting to see how beneficial in the end it was for all the players who came early and got a look at at these two courses uh, during during some of the off weeks um, and how much that will pay off.
0: You talked about they're a little bit different. Uh, in in what specific respect, are, where are they the most different, the two courses? The greens. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> Those are the Jackrabbit are basically average size greens that look small <laughs> in comparison to the enormous greens over on Cypress. So it really is gonna come down to, you know, this, it's a se- second shot golf course you've got to get your second shot in the correct quadrant on the cypress course so uh you know a lot of players have been working on distance control with their their um mid irons because it's going to be playing long uh and 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 flying the ball a little bit higher so that, so that they can stop it where they want it and on the correct quadrant so that's you know but then you're not going to hit them all where you want them so lag putting is going to be so important this week um and and it's really really grainy here so Uh, You know, any players who I I think the local yokels, the the Texans, will will have some you know some advantage as well as you know those who have played a lot in Florida, and I I really think it's it's going to make a difference.
0: Yeah, uh, I think it'll look pretty cool on TV. It's it's there's a weird dichotomy right now. The the rough is very dormant uh, and brown, and the and the fairways and greens are this vibrant uh, green it i I hope it'll look it it looks really cool in person i and I hope it shows through on television
1: so a funny a funny comment from earlier today that it sounded like me talking instead of someone who'd literally just won on tour last week <laughs> it was Angela Stanford <laughs> who said these are the tightest fairways she's ever played on, and the rough actually. She's like, it's not really that bad to be in the rough. And here's where I come in. She said, it's not bad to have a little fluffy, fluffiness there. <laughs> yeah. you know? yeah. yeah. shot, I was like, wow, I, I like the fluffiness. So anyway, yeah. so anyways, it was just kind of funny because the rough, as you say, is not as nothing like what we would have seen in the summer. So, you know, the players sort of dodged a bullet in that regard because, you know, it's it's the, the bombers are going to are going to be able to just let it fly. It's, it's green light all day long
0: yeah and I actually that's something I asked bianca about um is i i had her guess at the winning score, and she was very <laughs> she was very self conscious she was like i i'm gonna feel so embarrassed if I get it totally wrong but but she thought somewhere you know double digits under par 12 13 i don't know if you have any sense for that do you like to play that guessing game
1: yeah i mean i i, I thought it was going to be single digits under par and i was thinking more on the lower end but but after now having been here and hearing more about the rough especially um i'm, I'm t- trending more toward the higher end of of uh maybe an eight or a nine but it really just depends on the weather too you know and how how much rain we get how soft the course plays and and, I, and they can't they can't set it up too difficult because they got to get everybody around. And if we have weather coming in, you know, the, the pace of play matters, you know. So it's fantastic, though I have to say, that the USGA, USGA was able to get a full 156-player field uh, this week because this this is a, a championship and a purse that can literally change, change a life, you know, for, for some players and the trajectory of not only their career but – but how they're living and 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 family decisions and you know, longevity. It's 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 a it's a big deal. Five point five million dollars.
0: Let's stay on those lines a little bit. Uh, you wrote about earlier this week a statistic was published, uh, just trying to bring light to women's sports and women's golf in general. Um, and the statistics w- was eye-opening. It was four percent of sports coverage. I think is that worldwide, or do you know if that's in the U.S.?
1: I I I can't speak to that. I do, okay. don't know. That's a good
0: question. I, either way, it was four percent of sports coverage includes women's sports or female athletes. Whereas you know, forty percent of the people participating in sports are female. What was your reaction when you first saw that statistic?
1: <laughs> I, was, I was shocked. I mean, I, I we all know it's. Bad, right? I mean, yeah. we all know it's not anywhere near where it should be. But four percent, you know, when you when you see it in black and white like that, um, you know, my I said it was ridiculous. You know, it's it's you can't justify four percent. You know, and you know, and and again, you know, players will say, you know, you know, we throw out the word equality. You know, but most players aren't expecting to play for an equal purse to the men. You know, and and in many cases. Aren't expecting equal the same coverage, right? The same amount of TV hours, the same amount of network TV. You know, we understand we understand the financial aspect of this, but four percent. You know, and then you look at it and you say, well, if 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 that could increase. And, you know, and everything else increases along with it. You know, as, as people start to, to pay more attention, viewership is what drives the bus here. So so I love the USGA's Women Worth Watching hashtag campaign. Uh, and, and I do think it's important that so many PGA Tour players have chimed in on social media and other influencers because the conversation matters. When you, when you see when you when you log on to social media and you see something trending and everyone talking about something you naturally want to tune in and see what everyone's talking about and awareness is such a big it's such a big deal because a lot of people don't even know what's going on and that was a big deal when when you know the the usa events went to fox people couldn't find fs1 people didn't know the women were on fs1 golf channel wasn't doing the same lead up Shows and talking about the the U.S. Women's Open the same way they are now, because they they didn't have the rights to the championship. So, you know, it's it, there all all the 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 metrics that you know the the organic growth that the Women's Tour relied on to get viewers to watch their biggest championship, which is this one, was lost in a way with Fox because there just wasn't that week to week discussion and, and the lead up was different because people know to go to golf channel for the LPGA.
0: Yeah. Um, well, and this is a good, you know, if, if, if people haven't seen the broadcast schedule, uh, Thursday and Friday will be, uh, 10 AM. These are all Eastern times, 10:30 to 12:30 PM will be on Peacock, which is the NBC streaming service. And then it goes to golf channel Thursday and Friday, uh, from, excuse me, Thursday, 12.30 to 6 p.m. on Golf Channel, and then Friday from 3 to 6 on Golf Channel. Um, and then Saturday, Sunday, it, it'll be great. You get early morning on Golf Channel and then afternoon on NBC. Uh, I I urge people, I know a lot of our listeners uh, probably are more familiar with the PGA Tour. I, I cannot stress enough how much fun and enjoyable, one, I've had coming to LPGA events, uh, learning about the game, learning about the players. uh, And then, too, it it makes watching it on television then uh, so much more fun. And so I I would just urge listeners to give it a shot, especially, you know, hey, if you have a young daughter, if you have a young son, you know, get them in front of the TV. It's probably cold where you are. Uh, (laughs) Watch watch a little women's golf this weekend. I I think uh, you'll really enjoy it. Tron has another great question. And I am really excited to hear your answer. And the the question is this, if you're bringing a person out to a women's event for the first time, what three players would you take them to watch and why?
1: So you're going to be walking around with me. <laughs> so I could I give you- I uh, mean, that's a, a benefit little, right, right there. Right, right, so know. I can give you the backstory in addition. Uh, but I mean, the first one you think of is Nellie, because you know, somebody comes in and they know next to nothing about the LPGA I can say well let me introduce you to um, the Venus and Serena Williams <laughs> hopefuls of the LPGA uh, you know they're 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 both waiting still for their Grand Slam uh, title but um, but you know this is the most or one of the most athletic families in the country so uh, you know you've got to introduce introduce he or she to the to the of family and Nelly is the is, is the one that we're all watching as as, you know, America's potentially next big superstar.
0: She would be the Serena in this analogy. That's correct. But she, she needs would. to start winning some majors.
1: She does need <laughs> we're to We're gonna start. talk about that later, she okay. Does. She does. <laughs> so uh, but 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 you know from a marketability standpoint and you know I mean it's it's a it's a fantastic story that that can, you know, really move the needle for this tour. So then the second player I I would I would take uh, this new fan too would be Maria Fossey. Uh and and not just because when you see Maria Fossey hit the golf ball your jaw generally drops when you just watch the sheer explosive power of her golf game that I think so many people um, who've never watched women play because I saw this firsthand at Augusta National when she was playing in the Augusta National Women's Amateur I I you can hear the, oh, you know, like the audible gasp, the, you know, and it, and it was fantastic. And so I would take you to see Maria Fossi also because she just has this swagger. She's just fun to watch just with the aviators, you know, the whole look. It's a, it's a great package. And then, then I would take you to Sofia Popov, and I would tell you about the best story of the year in golf, period, male or female. And, and, and I would say, you know, here's golf Cinderella right now. And, uh, and not only did she win her major championship, but she's backed it up with quite a few uh, a top 20 finishes. So, um, so that would be my trio. That's,
0: that's, <laughs> that's fantastic. And getting to spend the day with you, I, I wish I could <laughs> sign up for that day. Ah, <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, well, let's stay on pairings. Uh, you, you mentioned Maria Fossey, and I think she is part of probably the cheekiest pairing <laughs> at least Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, you know, we can all see what the USGA was doing here. So she's with uh, it's Maria Fossey, and Van Dam, and the aforementioned Bianca Pogdanenan. And they are, as, as you mentioned with Maria, I mean, they're probably the longest players, at least three of the, I yeah. would say, top five.
1: Statistically, they are the longest. One, okay. two, three. <laughs>
0: uh, they're all young. Uh, they all have bright futures. They're all looking for breakthroughs. What uh, you had a chance to speak with people around their orbit and all three of them. <laughs> Did you get any juicy nuggets for this weekend?
1: Yeah, it was it was just fun because Ann Van Dam and Maria Fossey have played several times this year. Anne thinks five times, and you know she she said you know so we we know each other's games well. She said and and when we get on a hole where it's open and we both know we can go for it. She said, we don't have to say anything. We just give each other the look. <laughs> you know? and she's like, and then when you're walking down the fairway and you've outdriven her by 10, 10 yards, you say, you know, nice drive, Maria. <laughs> and keep keep going to your ball. So so I love that. And Fossey said uh, something along the lines of, I'm going to have to show hit a few good drives in the first three holes and really show them who's boss, and then I can just – Concentrate on hitting the fairway so so i love that i think there's going to be some 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 banter some looks some trash talk and van dam is really funny uh and and if you don't know that name her her a video of her swing went viral just because she just has a golf swing that's so pure that you want to watch it over and over so um and she's she's taller than the other two she's, you know built differently um just uh but she really has a, another gear uh, and then um, I was talking to Bianca, and I always ask about tattoos because there's always a good story. Well, generally, there's a good story uh, about a tattoo, and uh, and hers is on her wrist. One of hers is on her wrist, and it says, Fearless. And uh, we just happened to be talking about the fact that they were P- Bianca and Maria, who were both seniors uh, in 2019, in college um were paired together in the final round of the ncaa championship and during a rain delay they discovered that they both have the word fearless (laughs) tattooed on themselves (laughs) maria's is on her foot (laughs) so so it's kind of funny so after i talked to bianca she's like i'm pretty sure she has fearless tattooed on her so i mean i've got to check with maria before i write this I'm i'm like texting her like most random question ever (laughs) do you have the word fearless tattooed she's like yes on my foot so anyways i thought that was fantastic bianca's like i guess it's because that's how i play that's why i wanted the word fearless you know and so i think that that's kind of all you need to know about what tomorrow is going to look like
0: yeah uh if uh, putting you on the spot if you have to pick one who do you think has the best week this week
1: Ooh, that is putting me on the spot. Um, but I'm going to go with Bianca. I mean, it's hard not to when you look at what she did at Aronamink. Uh, she shot those 265s. You know, it was her first major championship. It was just a phenomenal performance uh, to come out of gates on a on a golf course that difficult and and, and have those kind of numbers. So um, I think she's, she's riding a lot of confidence right now. Um, Definitely the most in form um, out of out of those three players. Uh, so, so she's my she's my pick.
0: I can't wait. I, I think that's who I'm going to follow. Uh, I'd like to walk with that group for at least nine holes tomorrow. Um, <laughs> well, per- I'll, <laughs> well, I'll see you there. <laughs> I'll see you out there. If you uh, if the USGA came to you and said Bethan, we you can pick any two groupings you'd like for the U.S. Open. Uh, what what two Bethan special groupings <laughs> are you are you creating?
1: so and i i wish we could have you know like a featured group here where where you could actually watch them interact you know for the entire round i think we're, we're missing that but i would put the corda sisters together because every major the corda's parents they, I have to. They have to walk 36 holes a day because one's in the first wave and one's in the second wave, and they're they're never even the same wave, let alone paired together. And that's usually because of TV, right? You won't always have one Corda in the window, <laughs> so I get it. But for my featured pairing, I would put the Cordas together, and I would put Lexi to round out that group. Uh, so we'd have this all-American. Uh, I think it would be. I think that would be fantastic. Um, and then I would for my next group. This would be more on uh, personality based because, which is a story I think I could tell a bit later when, uh, in the pod, but um, but Ann Van Dam and Sofia Popov are, are very close. They're very good friends. And I think they would play well off each other and have a lot of fun. Um, and then I'd put Mel Reid in there as well. So you have you know three players who, who could be on the Solheim Cup team next year on the other side <laughs> uh, for Europe um, who each have great personalities. And aren't showcased enough. And so I'd love to see the three of them. Uh, we saw a little bit of it, actually. We had a charity event last week uh, that, that featured both Mel and and Sophia as, as, a, as a partnership. Um, but anyways, that those would be my three.
0: I would watch both of those. Uh, <laughs> I, I would say Mel Reed, we got to talk to her. She is she's awesome. She is. I was so glad to see her win uh, a few weeks back now. That was that was awesome. All right, you got to hold me to. We got to come back to whatever story okay. you're going to tell. Let's okay. make sure we get back to that. <laughs> uh, well, let's get into some. If you don't mind, I'd love to ask you about specific players. I, that's part of what we do on the trap draw all the time too. Um, I I make you play prognosticator and <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I try to put you on the spot. The first person i want to ask you about is uh well it's i guess the question is who who in your mind should be the favorite this week and i'll and i'll add uh we have world number one is back stateside Young ko she had a mediocre start a couple weeks ago in tampa but then finished uh fifth i believe up in dallas last week showing some form back she had been in korea uh during the the covid situation or perhaps should it be say, Young Kim, who, you know, world number two, won a major uh, at Aronimink? Or is it Lee Six, who, you know, we forget is the defending women's open champion from all the way back in 2019? That just so long <laughs> ago. <laughs> who, who, who do you make the favorite this week?
1: <laughs> or is it none of those? Or NBA? Which Park. is probably the right
0: answer. <laughs> yeah, which is probably the right answer. Uh,
1: so, I mean, I, I look at these ginormous greens. And you know, I, I, I and I think Envy Park. I mean, is there? there's no better lag putter in the game. Um, and you know, I just, I mean, I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of stress on second putts this week. <laughs> and and Envy's not going to be feeling that the way everyone else is. Um, and you know, look, she, she, she could have won last week. Uh, trend, trending well um you know i just i i, I feel like mb's overdue for, for winning her well she is overdue for winning her next major and uh and and this is a particularly interesting challenge playing two golf courses and she's the type of type of unflappable player that will take take that in stride i think
0: if she doesn't win this week are you gonna keep picking her to win all the Until majors into 2021? <laughs> yeah, is this gonna roll over you to know, the next calendar year?
1: I just might know. Eventually, it's it's going to end. But uh, but but gosh, I mean, it's it's it, you know, I, I don't know. It's NB Park. I mean, come on, seven major seven major titles, Hall of Famer, totally underrated player in the game.
0: There, well, we spoiled your pick to win. Uh, I'll I'll give my pick at the end next person Nellie Corda she's back yes uh, there's a pun there that yes. I feel very cheeky about yes. using uh, I didn't realize she had hurt her back uh, and you trying to
1: crack to- her back yeah talk- <laughs> 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 it was so it was so funny well it was just funny to hear her explanation um, yeah so she she withdrew from Heronimink, um after the first round and had tweaked her back but we really didn't know exactly what happened like how she did it so um, and and we hadn't hadn't heard from her she was actually out at pelican watching her sister but she didn't want to talk to the media and, and give any really updates so um so i was really interested to hear the story so basically it was cold she does not like cold weather she was trying to crack her back to kind of loosen up and and it, it didn't it didn't she she went into spasm like it, it didn't work <laughs> so she said a little oopsie turned into a big oopsie was i believe the quote and uh and so she wasn't able to, to compete, uh, and, and and hasn't um, played 18 holes. This the Irondale the KPMG Women's PGA was in October. She hadn't played a full 18 holes until this week. So um, that's 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 quite a long time. She's only been back practicing for about a dozen a dozen days.
0: Do you think it's a case of she's too rusty to really compete or is it, you know, beware the, uh, beware the, the injured golfer? Right. I, I don't even know if that's a saying, but it, we, can, we can pretend it, it is. is. <laughs> and,
1: and, 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 you know, the low expectations, yeah. you know, uh, perhaps, you know, I, I think she said she, you know, she didn't really feel like she had her feel when she got here, understandably, um, especially in the greens. But I mean, she's one of the best players in the world. Right. So I, I think it'll. I I wouldn't put her high on my I wouldn't didn't pick her to win, <laughs> but, sure. But uh, but I wouldn't put it past her to contend. Um, just because I do think maybe you take a little bit of pressure off of yourself. You know you set your your expectations a little bit lower, and and she's one of those players that you know is on the short list of best players to have never won a major. So maybe that works in her favor.
0: And I'm glad you said that because the last thing I wanted to touch on with Nelly is she. You know, she's by real life standards, she's so young. Uh, (laughs) By women's golf standards, she's still pretty young. Um, That said, she's been competing in majors full time since 2017. She has unbelievable talent. Um, I think people have been waiting for at least a major victory. How much How much longer, you know, this is one of my favorite things uh, <laughs> to, to start the, uh, you know, do we need to start the whispers of, you know, when's she going to win one? I, how much more grace period do you think she gets? And then is it different from how much more she deserves?
1: <laughs> I think she still has at least another year. Um, this is a weird year. So, you know, we can kind of, in a way... I don't want to say scratch it off the list, but it, it's a weird year. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think, you know, we obviously are getting four majors in. So she's had had opportunities and certainly came extremely close to the A&A. Right. Um, so, you know, I, th- I, I think, you know, she's made a big change in, in getting a new instructor in Justin Sheehan. And it wasn't so much about changing her swing as it was learning how to practice and being more efficient and and you know working on her weaknesses and 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 i've been around justin a little bit and he has a great personality and he knows how to maybe push a button or two or get the best out of someone in a in a in a a different way um and so i i can see them really feeding off of each other and so i i think they could have a really great dynamic and then maybe that's something that helps her know maybe mentally turn the corner because you know the tools are all there right Right. you know but sometimes you also have to have a little luck uh Miriam Lee (laughs) with how many (laughs) chip-ins three you know sometimes you have to have a little luck on your side too to win these things so I think it's coming for Nelly but I, I I give her at least another year is that fair well you look at all the the teenage phenoms that we've had on this tour you know who who have won at such a young age and um and you can't help but com- but compare. All
0: right. I'll hold off then on, uh, <laughs> on, on on beating that drum. Let's talk about you know, somebody we've talked about and, and you've been you've told me in the past that, you know, what she needs to do is just have less starts is Brooke Henderson. <laughs> and she finally got less Finally <laughs> COVID forced her to make less starts this year. Yeah. Um she's you know, she's a mainstay in the in the top ten of the Rolex World Golf rankings. She's played really well in the last two majors. You know, could this be her time again? What, what do you do? You like Brooke?
1: Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, Brooke is an, an aggressive player. Um, and I think this is an open, unlike some other opens, where you can be a little bit more aggressive because the rough isn't as penal. Um, and I think she and her sister are great, a great, have a great partnership. And I do think that Caddy. Um, is is going to be a key role this week, just because of all the information and all you know, learning the two golf courses. So, um, you know, it definitely could be Brooks' week. I, it's funny because she's one of those players that you kind of look on her resume and you're like, really? She's only won one major, like that. It's shocking. Yeah, that's that's how I feel like everybody feels, and um, and and the reason she wasn't ranked higher is because she played so much golf, you know she doesn't know how to play the game on the, <laughs> on the rankings, but, uh, but you know, I, I definitely think, uh, this, this could be a good week for her.
0: Have you talked to her at all about, you know, does she feel more rested w- with less starts this year? Like does.
1: I, I actually haven't. It's a good question. Um, I don't know that Brooke Henderson takes very many days off though of practicing, <laughs> uh, although she was forced to, I'm sure, uh, for stretches in Canada, but, um, but that that that's a good question to ask her
0: the last two i want to ask you about specifically are a couple of young americans and the first one is rose Zhang. i always that's a hard name for me to say rose Zhang. uh she of course won the women's amateur this year and then finished tied for 11th at the A, which was incredible uh, do you know anything is she still firmly committed to stanford i guess that's my first question
1: yeah, so uh, I, I talked to her not very long ago, and uh, and uh, that that was my that was my question as well, and she uh, she indicated that Stanford was still the plan. Okay. So, um, you know, Rose Zhang has has I would say quietly, and the only reason I say quietly is because the second half of this year has been so jam packed and crammed with big events and major championships that I almost feel like. It's easy for what she's done to get a little lost in the shuffle because she's won almost every tournament that she cheated up in. I mean, like, it's crazy. And if she didn't win, it's because it was a major. (laughs) So, you know, it's it's she's had a remarkable year. uh, And and the funny thing is she it almost didn't happen. It was a year that almost didn't happen because when when COVID-19 struck and she couldn't go and practice, she bought a net and a mat and is is hitting in her garage off the concrete and it was the repetition of hitting off of a mat on concrete that her injured her wrist that almost kept her out of the u.s Women's diameter so it was almost a, it was a last minute thing that she she actually could compete uh despite this injury and then you know here we are talking about her you know in the open where where you know you're you're fully expecting her to to make a splash again
0: does her name come up very often with other players, or caddies, coaches, other media folks. I, w- what do you get the sense her, I guess, ceiling or potential might be?
1: Again, I don't. I don't. I. I still think she's kind of, if I can say, flying under the radar. I still feel like she's not. Um, you know, I look at all a lot of the other players that have had amazing amateur runs, and, and again, I just think it's because it's been such an unusual year um, that she's not really getting the, maybe the credit or the attention that she would be getting. But that could all change at the end of this week if she has another great major showing and all of a sudden, you know, there's a lot more chatter about her. But, you know, I mean, she, she has shown incredible poise on on a big stage, on multiple big stages. And um, and so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how long she stays out of the pro ranks because there aren't very many players who have this kind of success and this kind of run who, who managed to avoid turning pro. <laughs> right. Well,
0: the other person, the, the last person I want to ask you about, I had mentioned the other American who, I, at least from a broader media perspective, uh, seems to be flying a little bit under the radar. And I think that is changing and, and probably will change is Yulimi No. She, uh, she's 19. This is her rookie year. Played decently well in the major. She She's made cuts uh, what, what do you make of what do you make of her ceiling and, and her potential? Is this somebody who could be a you know top fifteen, top ten type player? I,
1: I definitely think so. Okay. And, and I think what's what's interesting about Yulimi is I feel like it all really came quickly because we, you know, it, it looked you know won the girls' junior. She was committed to UCLA. Thought she was going the college route, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere seemingly out of nowhere she decides to turn pro with no status of any kind on any tour which is unheard of (laughs) so it was like hi i'm really you know and you know i'm i'm turning pro but she had she had she had some sponsors and so that was a big big reason to to feel comfortable about taking that plunge but uh but then she you know contends on the lpga um out of nowhere last year and has has had several opportunities uh to to win since so um you know she's she's certainly proven that she can put herself in contention and i feel like it's come really fast where it's not like a a, a lydia route or a brooke route or a lexi route um you know it's not like anyone was really expecting you me know, to win an lpga title much less contend but she's shown this great this great potential she has terrific poise And this is her first U.S. Women's Open. So you look at Lexi, who's been playing in these since age 12, and she's 25 now. It's her 14th, I think, U.S. Women's Open, which is insane. And you let me know at 19, is playing in her first. So it's just this weird thing, because we're talking about a 19-year-old, you know, being, potentially being a top 15, top 10 player. And, you know, can she win? Can she be the breakout star this week? Can she win this tournament? You know, we're having this conversation but yet this is you know she, she's she's still kind of behind what some of these other phenoms have done so um so i don't put her in the same category as those other players but i do think that she could be a special player and and i think she has uh you know this kind of uh, youthful uh, energy she's a, she's a lot of fun to talk to i think fans will enjoy her uh, and, I, and i hope that this is this is another week you know coming off the momentum of dallas that um, that she gets a lot of uh, she gets a lot of attention
0: if you can hear we're uh, we're we're outside in a scoring tent and, uh, our our guy with the uh, the leaf blower just walked by <laughs> so i apologize for her if if you heard that in the background well yeah that's that's great on on yulimi i you know she's 44th in the in the world ranking and i think somebody Really worth watching, and she's another one I, I want to, you know, walk at least nine holes with this weekend. So you're pick to win, you're sticking with with MB Park.
1: I'm sticking with the best putter in the in the game. Yes.
0: Okay. I was gonna I prior to this I was gonna pick Nelly Cordes. So I'm glad you think she, you know, it's possible she's not too rusty <laughs> to win. I think that would just a a weird Women's Open this year, capping a, a weird year. What you know, what better event to really break out for her? Well, let's end. I just a little looking back, looking ahead segment, and then you know I'll get you out of here. What I, you already tipped it off, but was, the Sophia Popov was that your favorite moment of twenty twenty?
1: So, so what's funny is, you know, the the LPGA had this one hundred and sixty six day break. And I'm writing about the Cactus Tour a lot this year, right? So, so it, you know, I, I'd been thinking about Sophia Popoff actually because she'd been playing and winning on the Cactus Tour, and so I'm walking along uh, the the uh, the tenth tee box and the um, um, excuse me, the yeah, the tenth and the first or uh, the Inverness are on the same tee box, and so I'm walking along the tenth, and there's Sophia carrying Ann Van Dam's bag, and I literally like smiled and nodded at ann and then i looked at sophia and walked kept walking and then i turned around a double take and i was like sophia like, like <laughs> i totally didn't expect her to be caddy and then the next week there's back-to-back events in toledo the next week i see ann van Dam with this really this minimalist looking uh pole cart that you know I was like where's the seat where's the place to put your scorecard and your and your water bottle like what what is this you know is this like a retro like 1950s pull cart and it turned out to be like some two thousand dollar (laughs) like german mercedes pull cart and so i go talk to her about it and she's like yeah i'm sharing this i go so so sophia's in the field she's like yeah we're sharing this pull because Sophia didn't have a caddy so I'm in the first wave she's in the second wave I'm going to pass off the pull cart and she's going to use it in the afternoon and then of course so I'm just like how weird is this not only are players using pull carts at LPGA events but they're sharing one and it happens to be this like $2000 pull cart it was like the weirdest story so th- so I thought that was going to be like the highlight like weird story of Sophia Popov for the year then she somehow manages to play her way into the British Open, and then you know it just—I'm sitting on my couch. Not at, usually I'm at the British, but I'm not at the British, and I'm like in awe of this, you know, in, incredible story that's unfolding, and, and thinking back to how you know she went from caddying for Anne Van Dam to sharing this pull cart that was Sophia's pull cart. So then you know winning a major championship and it was just surreal the whole thing was surreal from start to finish the journey that she had
0: she must feel like those like four months were could have been like four decades you know <laughs> just in terms of where she was where she, you know where she's ended up yeah. um I, that's amazing i i agree with you i think it's probably the the story of golf period schedule wise 2021 have you heard any big news with regard to the lpga schedule so
1: I've heard some fun little nuggets here and there of uh, new events. Anything you
0: can share that
1: might be popping up. So I don't really know. I, I can't. I'm just going to throw out some, like, stuff I've heard. That, you
0: can be very generic, uh, too, to be if very, you need Very generic. Uh, yeah.
1: Match play event. I, I don't want to get up. you in trouble. Oh, that's okay. I mean, I'll, I'll, write, I'll write it soon enough. But, uh, but yeah, I hear, I hear a match play event is coming back to the LPGA calendar in a very fun place if it's i mean it i i I understand that it's going to be in las vegas so um i'm this is this is early stages of my reporting (laughs) but 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 if true how exciting to have match play return to the lpga we haven't had it since uh lorena ochoa's event down in mexico i've heard there might be another drive-on event um coming there's going to be a large gap in the schedule after the tournament of champions in january Uh, there's gonna there's gonna be a gap there will be an event in the end of February in Florida I understand the Boca tournament uh, that was new this year is gonna move to a different golf course and then there might be another Florida event after that and then they head on to the West Coast so it'll be interesting to see how many of the Asian events that are being pushed back because of border issues now to later in the spring how many of those will be able to, to carry on if that actually uh, will we'll work out as you know the australian events have already been canceled which is why there's the that's gap. the
0: whole yeah right. in, in january february
1: right so um so so thailand and singapore and blue bay i believe are moving later in the spring for that first uh, swing for the for the asian swing so it's my understanding um founders cup is moving to the fall and in, a, in a different part of the country so there there will be a few changes i think in needless to say <laughs> in 2021
0: it sounds like you know reading the tea leaves probably a pretty b- busy schedule once it gets going Solheim cup also
1: well yeah well before before that i mean when, once they get going um after that west coast into into asia and then you've got you know the olympics thrown in the middle there in the summer uh, with with a bunch of majors so i think it'll be it'll be a whirlwind there once they get going but there could be some gaps
0: the, uh, the the major venues that rotate, at least, right, there are two LPGA venues that that stay the same year to year. Um, one of them, the, the Women's Open, the U.S. Women's Open, will be going to the Olympic Club out in San Francisco. The Women's British Open is going to Wales at Royal Porthcrawl. And then the KPMG Women's PGA is headed to the Atlanta Athletic Club. From an outsider's perspective, it seems like some really – Uh, strong interesting major venues there do you can you remember a time it's you know exciting for the women's game
1: oh absolutely and and you throw an Inverness with the Solheim Cup which is a fantastic major championship quality golf course it's so huge I, I can't emphasize enough the importance of venues for the women and 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 part of what made Sophia's story so magical was that it was at Royal Troon and it was the first time the women were playing there and this is a golf course on the men's open rota that that golf fans are familiar with and so here was this out of nowhere player winning in difficult conditions on a golf course that people know is a championship caliber test and that just added credibility so much credibility to her victory. And so, you know, I, I think any time, you know, you look at the upcoming schedule for, for the US Women's Open and, and and be after Olympic, you know, we're <laughs> there's there's uh, Pebble Beach and, and Aaron Hills and
0: Right, right. You know,
1: it's it's so important for for women to, to be on courses that for people who don't follow the women's game wanna just see the golf course and then, oh, hey, wait, this is this is pretty good.
0: Yeah, and, and hats off, really, all three rotating majors. Uh, you mentioned the, the future U.S. Open sites. I mean, the RNA announced some awesome future sites for Mirrorfield. the... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> who would have ever thought um, for the exactly. Women's British Open. And KPMG, uh, you know, the women's PGA continues to go to some really, really cool places. Let's end, this is another one, Tron. Uh, we, we've touched on the Olympics, and I'm going to ask you to put your prognosticator hat on one more time. One of my favorite subplots, and, and you're the one who turned me on to it, is the race to make the Korean women's Olympic golf team.
1: Yes. Serious stuff.
0: It's, it's probably the hardest. Would you say it's the hardest spot to earn in, in women's golf?
1: Oh, yes. I mean, it's probably the hardest spot to earn in golf, period.
0: <laughs> so right now, we, you, you have Jin Young-ko, Se Young-kim, uh, Worlds 1 and 2. They would, the Korean team gets four players. MB Park is currently in that third spot for the team. And then the fourth spot right now uh, is between H.J. Kim and Sung Young Park are, are battling for fourth. Do you expect any surprises between now and next summer? Who, who do you anticipate being those four Korean players to play in the Olympics?
1: I mean, what's what's most remarkable about this is that you have to be in the top 15, right, in order to. To qualify so so you have to you can have a maximum of four players from each country and in order to get to the four those four have to be ranked in the top 15. you could be ranked in the top 15 and still not get to go that is how crazy this is which which could have been in b park uh, this this year had the Olympics gone on. So to answer your question, Lee Six, the defending champion here, it'll be interesting to see if she gets in that mix. So Yun Yu won her national open in Korea during the COVID-19 break, which was a dream come true for her. This is a two-time major champion. she so won the US Women's Open, won the A. And she was like, so stoked about winning the Korean Open that she was like, I'm shutting it down. Like my year is complete, (laughs) which which she didn't in the end. She ended up coming back, but that was so fulfilling for her. So, um, you know, and, and she came back in dallas and in, in fantastic form you know for not having played on the lpga in a long time so uh so it'll be interesting to see if she can work her way back into the mix because after it was a big deal in 2016 but then mb park went and won the medal the gold medal and so it became an even bigger deal
0: yeah well that's that's fascinating like i said that's one of my, the more fun uh, little subplots that I now have my eye on um, and you know we'll, we'll see how it plays out next year Ann, thank you so much uh, for the time we finally got to do one of these in person which is a big <laughs> thrill um, I can't wait to I'll see you out on the course tomorrow
1: with the bombers
0: exactly and <laughs> enjoy your week here okay
1: thank you thanks for having me
0: <laughs> folks be sure to stay tuned the second part of this podcast is my interview with Bianca Pogdananen Um, I talked to her. She's got a great story, has shown great form this year. I talked to her about not only this week and what she expects, but also coming up, how she got into golf um, and, and lots of other things. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Before I kick it to that interview, though, I want to thank our other sponsor for today's podcast, and that is our friends at Precision Pro Golf. No Laying Up is brought to you by Precision Pro Golf. As you've seen on this season of Tour Sauce, hopefully everyone here at No Laying Up trusts Precision Pro Golf's rangefinders to help us swing with confidence and hit more greens. They've been a mainstay. Hopefully you just saw our latest Tour Sauce on uh, Tetherow, where Tron and I did battle. Uh, we're headed to Sylvie's Valley next next week. During the holidays, uh, if you're looking, they, they make great, gifts for uh, the golfer in your life. During the holidays you can get the NX9 Slope Rangefinder, the same one we all use for $40 off. Whether sh- you're shopping for yourself or that golfer you love this holiday season, a Precision Pro Golf Finder is the perfect gift. The NX9 is fast, accurate and has a very useful magnetic cart mounts so that's within reach before every shot. And It's the only rangefinder that offers free lifetime battery replacement services. I can't tell you guys how good that uh the battery mount is for you know when you have to play with a cart. This offer is only available while supplies last, so go to precisionprogolf.com and add our favorite rangefinder to your bag for $40 off. Swing with confidence, hit more greens with Precision Pro Golf. And now here's my interview with Bianca. I am here on site at Champions Golf Club in Houston, Texas. It's a gorgeous day. It's the Wednesday before the championship uh, set to begin December 10th, Thursday. I am joined in person uh, by Bianca Pugdenanin.
2: That's good, that's good.
0: <laughs> I, I told her I was, I, it, her last name, I've been so nervous. Um, it's been keeping me up a little bit at night. You uh,
2: nailed it, that was good. <laughs> that's very nice of you to say.
0: Um, welcome. How's, uh, how's your week going so far?
2: Hi, well, thanks for having me. It's been pretty good. The weather has been amazing. I've been loving it. I mean, it's a little chilly in the morning, but warms up a little bit, but I'm having a good week. I love the course. It's a nice setup. Kind of interesting that we're playing two courses. So.
0: Well, I was going to ask you about that. Uh, because of the field size and the lack of daylight, the first two rounds will be played uh, on the Cypress Creek course, which will then be the, the championship course over the weekend and the jackrabbit course, which will be the second course, Thursday, Friday. Do you notice a big difference between the two?
2: I mean, I feel like obviously Cypress plays a little bit longer. The greens are huge, and I feel like jackrabbit, a little bit shorter, but greens are, I think, a little bit trickier. It's like some greens are elevated, a lot of undulation, so a lot of things that you need to pay attention to.
0: Yeah. How do you prep on-site for a major? What's your process like?
2: I try to prepare for every event, like it's a big event, you know. Every tournament is just as important as the other. Of course, I don't know, for a major, I try not to tire myself out. It's going to be a long, I mean, obviously, like every event, it's going to be a long week. And I try not to stress myself too much. So I try to, I'm pretty chill when I practice, honestly. (laughs) So during practice days, it's kind of embarrassing, but I usually... Show up like 30 minutes before my tee time. I just hit a few putts, and then just hit a couple of shots, get to know the course, and then after I go to the driving range, practice a bit more putting. So it's usually the drill on a tournament week.
0: Yeah, with the two courses, have you been able to see and play all 36 holes?
2: Yeah, so I played Cypress on Monday, and then I played I played 18 on Monday, and then nine holes today, and then yesterday I played Jack Rabbit. So yeah, I've seen both courses. I mean, obviously you gotta work with what you have, which is one practice round for Jackrabbit. So I try to get to know the course as much as I could. I mean, we're only playing it once, but still important to know the
0: course. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, are you starting on Jackrabbit Thursday?
2: Yes, I start on Jackrabbit on Thursday. I think I'm off the 10th hole. I should know this, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I started on Jackrabbit.
0: <laughs> well, I should know it too, probably. But <laughs> that's all right. We'll, we'll both find out together after this. This is uh, the the U.S. Open. This, this will be your second start at a major championship. Mm-hmm. Your first came back in October at the KPMG Women's PGA, uh, where you actually had a fantastic week. You ended up finishing tied for ninth. Mm-hmm. What, what are the lasting memories from that week for you?
2: Oh probably the back-to-back bogey-free rounds I think and maybe the honestly the put on the last hole I feel like was pretty important for me I had to make birdie to get into the U.S. Open I mean I had no idea at that time I just try to pen- pay attention to my own game I try to stay in the moment it wasn't until after I made that put on the last hole that my caddy was like I think you might have just gotten yourself a slot at the U.S. Open and I was like no, you're kidding me. I've never, like, this is my first U.S. Open. I've tried to qualify for the U.S. Open a couple of times in the past. I just never got a slot. But I think that would probably be one of the other highlights of my um, first major, making that long birdie putt, which is apparently really important.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing with the with your tied for ninth finish, was it top 10 or maybe like top 12 from Aronimink that got... The qualified for the U.S. Open this week, do you know?
2: No, so it's, I think it's the top two players not exempt
0: oh, okay. for the U.S.
2: Open, yeah.
0: Okay, all right. Did you learn anything? I'm sure you learned a bunch that week, but uh, is, was there anything that with with reflection that it's like, oh man, I, I could have done this better, or, you know, what, what, what do you take from that KPMG women's first major? Uh, what do you apply this week and, and going forward?
2: I definitely did learn a lot. Obviously, the first day, my first major, I was very, very nervous, probably because I put so much pressure on myself to play well in a big tournament. And if anything, you know, you just have to be confident with your game and play with what you have on that day and just learn how to embrace your own nerves. I mean, it's OK to be nervous. That just means that, you know, it's important to you and that it means something to you. So. I guess if anything, those are like the two most important things. Like you're not always going to have a good day, but you need to learn how to play with what you have.
0: And is that how, how do you deal with nerves? Is that is it like an internal conversation you try to have with yourself? Is it breathing exercises? How, how have you found uh, that you can kind of control them or use those nerves for your advantage?
2: I definitely do a lot of breathing exercises on the course, but then at the same time, I try to focus on other things. Like I. For some reason, I'm very, like, I'm very much in the zone that sometimes I forget that there are people watching. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I'm just too focused, I guess. But yeah, definitely a lot of breathing exercises. I try to snack, drink water, you know, yeah. just try to calm my nerves. I try to embrace it. Definitely it took a while for me to learn that, you know, you only gain that or you learn how to master that through or by playing different tournaments growing up. And I'm and de- yeah, definitely it took me a while to learn how to play with a lot of nerves. But I also think that I enjoy playing with like people watching or with a little bit of pressure. So it's kind of a little bit of mix of both.
0: Prior to that first round at Aronimink, is there, I, you've been in some big moments in, in your amateur career. It was, is there a round that stood out to you as like, oh man, this is the most nervous I've ever been?
2: Like in an amateur career or just in general? Right? I,
0: I guess just in general. standing on the golf course.
2: Probably in Georgia when I played in the final group. Okay. I was with Ali McDonald and Danielle Kang. And the third round, I was in the last group. And I was already so nervous. I was like, you, just, just stick to stick your game plan. Just don't mess things up. Don't try to do anything crazy. But I was really nervous. Like playing with two really amazing players, very well-known, established, you know, golfers. It was. I was like... I'm a rookie and I'm in this group. That's a pretty cool experience. But like I said, you only get to manage those nerves when you put yourself in those positions. And yeah, I guess that's probably the, la- I mean, at the top of my head, that's like the last round. I remember that I was very, very nervous. Yeah,
0: <laughs> And then you finished third at that tournament. That was the uh, the LPGA drive on yeah. their Reynolds uh, plantation in Georgia. Do you have any sense of what a winning score might be this week? Do you go through that exercise at all?
2: I don't really think about that. If anything, it's probably like my dad, my coach, or my caddy. I I just think that's a lot of thinking to do for me. I just like focusing on my own game and what I have to work on, what I need to sharpen for the rest of the week. See, I'm probably not the best at like estimating what a good round or a good score or the winning score would be this week. It's a pretty tough course, I would say. Okay. I mean, because it plays kind of long. And I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't want to embarrass myself by saying, like, a completely different score that's probably 10 strokes off of what it's actually going to be.
0: <laughs> well, that's part of the fun, you know.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah. Sh- okay, let's just make a fool out of myself. Okay, let's say a good score. Okay, so for playing Jackrabbit once, it's probably, like... I feel like so- you can go pretty low on Jackrabbit. It's a pretty gettable... I feel like it's a pretty gettable course. So I can probably shoot four or five under the first day. Okay, so four under, and then i'd say like oh my gosh please be correct like maybe 13 under i don't know i think that's okay. a good score 13 14 watch is gonna be completely no, I, like, can't w- <laughs> no. I
0: can't wait to see what it is someday. I, this is so embarrassing <laughs>
2: people oh my gosh just just pretend i never said that well, well,
0: well what if you nail it i mean you could you could be a great prognosticator and not even know it
2: i would oh I would be very proud of myself, for that would be probably the first time that I got something right. <laughs>
0: okay. uh, well, let's talk about your game a little bit. I, I think what makes you so unique and exciting, uh, you are the, the longest player on the LPGA Tour. You currently lead the Tour in driving distance. Is, is that a point of pride for you?
2: I, guess, I don't really know. I mean, it's cool to have that, you know, title, title. I wouldn't say title, but, you know, being...
0: Distinction, maybe. Yeah,
2: distinction. There you go, the right word, but at the same time it's just that i re- i just really have a lot of confidence in my driver when i have it in my hand and when i'm about to hit it but i don't really try to pay attention and being l- the longest i guess like the big you know when i started to hit it long I'm like oh this is so cool like i want to be keep doing this but now it's just more of like trying to control my drives trying to keep it on the fairway because what's the point of hitting it <laughs> really far if i can't keep anything on the fairway, which I'm trying to learn. I feel like I'm kind of getting there. I, Well, basing it off today's practice round, I think I hit a decent amount of fairways, but yeah i think it's not really something that i'd like to dwell on (laughs) a lot
0: sure sure i well then speaking of your overall game i'm curious how you would assess your own strengths and weaknesses for folks that are listening that might not you know have, have a good sense of of how you play the game
2: i guess my strength would be my distance obviously i love hitting my drivers i love ripping it off the tee if anything some things i really need to work on are definitely my short game you know with distance i'm I get to have short iron irons in on a couple par four well not probably not this week but <laughs> yeah if anything you know short game definitely has i have a lot of things to work on
0: mm-hmm.
2: so yeah i would probably say those are like my strengths and my weaknesses
0: do you think you have more distance to unlock in in your golf game
2: i feel like there is I don't know. I feel like people tell me that, like, oh, if you get really dialed in or if you find the right things, like, you can probably hit it longer. And I'm like, well, oh, if I can hit it long and keep it on the fairway, then that'll be great. Like, if it's easy to control, if I'm able to work with that, like, that would be cool. But like I said, you know, it's more of knowing your game and how you can control it and just having the, even, like, the right distances, like, between your clubs, that's all, already something to think about. If you start hitting, hitting it longer, it's just, you know, you got to think of the gaps between your clubs—it's a—it's a lot to think about, I guess.
0: And I should give some context for for folks listening. Again, uh, I believe your driving average driving distance right now is about 285 yards, at least per and the official probably, stats. Yeah. I um, think so. Do you do a, Do you do much work with TrackMan? Do you like Do you know your swing speed and and things like that?
2: I've used a TrackMan before, but right now I have a GC Quad. Okay. But I think when I got fitted, Ping. I was probably around 107 for swing speed. Okay. Yeah, 107, 108. Which is kind of weird. I don't... It feels like I don't even swing it that fast. Like, Yeah. I look Any idea up- with
0: like ball speed off your driver?
2: Good question. I have no idea. I don't get into <laughs> those details. So maybe if I ask around, people will probably know. <laughs> to, to,
0: oh. to be fair, I don't know mine either. I feel <laughs> like I'm, I just need to ask the questions maybe for, for yeah. people that might be listening and interested. Okay, so... I guess coming back here to Champions in the U.S. Women's Open, you, you've touched on, you know, you think Jack Rabbit's a little bit gettable. Do you think the, the Cypress Creek course, like, do you think this weekend favors any particular type of game?
2: I mean, obviously distance is going to be an advantage, but at the same time, I feel like since it's a long course and the greens are pretty big, I mean, putting is definitely going to be important short game. and think all like your overall game needs to be good like ball striking needs to be good if you want to hit it close like i said like there are really huge greens here you could hit the green and probably have like a 40 foot putt probably more 60 foot putt so yeah you're i feel like your overall game needs to be intact well if you're not if it's not ball striking then short game would definitely be key this okay. week as well as well on top of distance but yeah short game
0: i love the grouping that you're in so it's <laughs> the first two rounds you're playing alongside maria Fosse and and van damme what was your reaction when you saw that grouping?
2: Yeah, it was so funny because like after the round, I got interviewed and Beth Ann from Golf Week was like, oh, so Bianca, I just want to ask you a few questions about your pairing this week. I was like, oh, the pairings are out. Cool. <laughs> she's like, and at the top of my head, I was like, okay, it's kind of interesting. And she wants to interview me. Like I came off from a not so good week. So I'm like, okay, then that m- might be a pretty interesting group. So she's like, oh, it's really interesting. You're going to want to know. And then I couldn't find it. I was like, okay, just just tell me who it is. And she's like, so it's you, Fossey, and Anne Van Dam. And I was like, oh, so they put us all together. I feel like it was kind of bound to happen and that people would probably want to see us play together. So I was kind of excited. I've never played with Anne Van Damme. And I think I've played with Maria like once in college. And I think it was like our last event. Uh, I think it was at National. So finding out that I'm playing with two long hitters, two bombers, it's, it's going to be exciting.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, it's, it, I, I think it's a very cheeky move by the USGA, and I, I think it's a great one. I, I look forward to watching you guys play Thursday and Friday. Um, for, for folks that, you know, are, are somewhat new to the women's game, I mean, you, you three are all very young, very long. <laughs> um, I would say, hopefully, y- you know, really the, the future of, th- of the women's game and, and an example of people taking... Advancing the women's game uh, in terms of distance and, and making it more of a power game.
2: That'll be interesting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you think the, Do you think you'll have any motivation? Uh, you know, between the three of you, do you think there'll be any uh, little competition to see who hits it the furthest?
2: I mean, I'm trying not to, but then I think it's just like a personal thing that I'm very competitive. But of course, I'm still gonna try my very, very best to like stick to my game and try not to force anything to happen because I don't want anything that I don't want to happen to happen. So
0: sure, sure. <laughs> well, if you don't mind, I'd love to ask you a, a few questions about your background. Um, okay. Uh, you're you're from the Philippines. You're born mm-hmm. and raised in the Philippines. Yeah. Can you talk about, talk about golf in the Philippines? Is it is it a popular sport?
2: It wasn't that popular when I was growing up, but I feel like looking at, at it right now, I think more kids are starting to pick pick the sport up, which is kind of interesting. And I mean that's good for them, you know, that they're picking up this sport cuz when I started, I didn't have a lot of girl friends to play with. I played with a lot of guys, which I feel like kind of is the reason why I'm a little bit competitive, which is also a good thing, you know. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like you know the different programs like the National Golf Association of Philippines, the Junior Golf Foundation. I think they're doing a really great job, just trying to grow the game and giving the kids more opportunities to play.
0: I've heard you in other interviews uh, say your father was really the one who who got you into the game of golf. I was hoping could you share that story about how you how you found the game of golf and and how he you know, was the one who, who exposed you to the game. And then I'm also curious, how long afterwards uh, was it before you really started taking golf seriously?
2: Okay, so I started when I was seven, but then my dad would always play golf over the we- or during the weekends and we'd drop him off at the golf course, but I never really saw what the golf course looked like. So I'd ask him, oh, where are you going? Like, what are you doing? And he'd just say, golf, I'm playing golf. And I'm like, what's golf? He was like, I just play golf. And he just, like, never explained it. And I was, like, a five-year-old at the time. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Like, what is golf? Like, why does he always go on the weekends? And then I think it was, like, one time he brought me to the driving range just so I could see what he was doing. And then he was hitting, like, a couple buckets of balls and then started hitting his driver. And then at the time, like, I was five, six. I was like, wow, Dad, like, you hit it so far. This is so cool. Like, the ball went so high. I was like that's pretty cool. Like I want to try that. So I started asking him for like a plastic set of golf clubs. It took him like a couple of weeks to get me one. But then when he got me one, like I started hitting around the house and then started hitting things. Mom wasn't too happy. She kicked me out. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't kick me out. But like, she was like, you got to take this outside. Like this place is not where you hit balls. I was like, okay, cool. I think that summer my dad enrolled me to this junior golf camp and it was fun, you know, starting off and meeting new people. My sister was enrolled at the same camp. So it was nice having her there. And then I just enjoyed it. It was, I, fe- I felt like it was very competitive. That's why I enjoyed it. Or maybe I thought it was competitive cause I was playing against my sister, <laughs> but yeah, that was it. And then I started practicing every day that summer and I probably took it. I started playing tournaments when I was seven. Okay. Yeah, like those junior events. I wasn't obviously the greatest because I just started, but I mean, if I, I think I started getting like official lessons from my coach who's right there when I was like 12, okay. maybe? Yeah. But I've been playing tournaments since I like kind of started. And when
0: did you beat dad for the first time?
2: Oh, so every year we'd always have like a match on Father's Day. And I think the for. I mean, I don't think this is the first time, but it was, like, the best one that I could remember. I think it was 12 or 13. I don't know. But, like, going to the last three holes, I was two down. And then I, the 16th hole was a par three, and I hit it in the bunker, and I think he was on the green. And I made it. And then he, too, put it for par. And then I got the next hole, and the I think I think I also got the 18th. Yeah, I definitely got the 18th hole, and I won by one. So I was like... Happy Father's Day. Uh, what a
0: comeback. Yeah. yeah.
2: See, it ain't over till it's over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for Filipino women who've played on the LPGA. And I, I know Jennifer Rosales is one. Uh, she won a couple of times on tour. Were there uh, women from the Philippines that you looked up to in terms of professional golf? Were, were there role models that way?
2: I think growing up, that was when um, Jennifer was playing. So she was definitely, like, one of my idols when I was a kid, you know, having that representation on tour. You know, there was a Filipino, so obviously I look, obviously I looked up to her. And it was cool because, like, sometimes I would see her in the Philippines. Like, she'd be playing around or, like, she'd be in the driving range and I'd watch, and that would be pretty cool. But then I think after her, there weren't really much. But out on tour, like, there are other players. There's Dottie Ardina, and then there's Clarice Guse. So there weren't a lot, but, you know, we had, like, a few. And I think... Um, I think Kaina Rodriguez also also played out here. So
0: Did you follow the women's game much growing up?
2: Not as much, just because, like, one, we didn't really have cable back home, so I wasn't able to watch a lot of TV, and I was always out practicing. <laughs> Honestly, like, I never really watched a lot of TV growing up, nor did we have internet growing up, so I was like, I'm, yeah. But, of course, like, I see it on the news. Sure. Or, like, I mean, I'm not that outdated, but I still kind of keep up with the game
0: well that's interesting only because i i one of the things i wanted to ask you was was there a certain person or player you know male or female that you wanted to model your game after
2: obviously i was such a huge tiger fan just growing up i think that was like how my dad and i would bond we'd wake up like at 3 a.m just to watch the masters and i saw tiger like play his very best so i think that was pretty cool and obviously like i wanted to take after his game he's sure. like the great for me he's like one of the obviously he's one of the greatest golfers so yeah definitely tiger and then the women's game definitely Annika sorenstam lorraine ochua just a few of my fellow wildcats so there you go (laughs) that's cool
0: well that's a good segue i i wanted to ask what was the plan all along to come to the united states for college
2: yes i think that like kind of became or that kind of became my goal when i was in high school because growing up i'd compete in tournaments in san diego and i was like oh dad like i want to study here like that would be pretty cool and my dad was like well i can't afford to let you study in the united states so the only way to do that is if you like play good golf you get a scholarship so i was like okay sure let's do that but at the time you know the girls getting scholarships were the top players in their divisions like the ones from the philippines and I, i wasn't even in the top of my division or like my age group so I think that kind of like not discouraged but you know I was I had a a few doubts I was like could I actually do this could I get a scholarship and then eventually you know my game got a little bit better I got a few offers going into my junior I don't even remember like junior year so I was I signed with Gonzaga I went there my first two years and then transferred to the university university of arizona but yeah it's definitely been a goal and it was very fulfilling when i actually you know actually got to graduate from college
0: and i gotta say that that, that your arizona team uh won the ncaa championship in 2018 mm-hmm. uh i can remember watching that that whole week of golf i mean that was that was so much fun i i think that whole tournament you guys Kind of snuck in as an eight seed, <laughs> and then went on on a crazy run, Oh, my
2: goodness. and yeah. and
0: finally defeated um, Alabama in in the in the championship match. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got to imagine that was the the culmination of oh, yeah. uh, of all of that process for you. Definitely. And now, what uh, I think that final match with between Arizona and Alabama, I think maybe five of the ten people that participated are, are here are this out week. Here, yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, there's me, Haley, or this week, right? So Cheyenne, Lauren is here, Kristen's here. Yeah, it's it. They were a great team, and I'd say it was kind of intimidating going up against them, cause you know that all five of them are solid players. So, but it's pretty cool to see them out here, or even see like a bunch of my friends from college be out here, and that's 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 just really cool. I bet it's all been a dream of ours, you know, to play professional golf. So. Yeah, it's pretty amazing.
0: You talked about a little bit of doubt. Was there a moment, a tournament? Is there something you can look back on and see it as like a confidence builder where where you you knew you belonged kind of at the highest level, whether it be, you know, college golf or, or junior golf? I, I'm curious how you Overcome, got rid of yeah. those doubts. Yeah.
2: I don't know. Like I said, I feel like all this just you kind of just learn how to deal with it just through, you know, all these experiences, all these tournaments you play, I feel like at the back of your head, you know, there's going to be a little bit of doubt, but you got to learn how to shove that to the side. Like, you can't have that. I think, if anything, you know, with this being my rookie year, there was a lot of internal pressure. Like, I put a lot of pressure on myself. I was like, I have to do well. And, um, you know, you always want to try to prove something. And, of course, like I didn't start out my... I mean, I make I was making cuts, but, you know, not really in a good position or putting myself in contention. I think the obviously at KPMG, when I played really well, that was kind of an eye opener for me. Like you said, you know, a confidence booster just made me realize that you can play good golf at this level and all you have to do is play your own game. So I think that's where it kind of, that term, it kind of helped me, you know, like you deserve to be here and that you have what it takes to, you know, put yourself in good positions and in like contention, so.
0: You know for everybody it's been a, a very difficult bizarre season with with the covid restrictions and you know the late start to the season that aside ha, what's been the hardest part for you kind of adjusting to life on the p on the lpga tour
2: it's kind of weird like i can't really feel the difference it's very weird not having spectators around i mean i've only played i played one lpga event two years ago and that was The marathon when I got the exemption after winning the national championship and obviously you know everything was normal there were spectators and I really felt that I was in an LPGA event but without like having any people around it feels kind of weird it's hard to make that transition I don't I mean I think it's also a good thing that I get to experience playing out here already kind of getting to like you know the groove or just like trying to get the hang of things so that's really nice but I mean, with that aside, it's just, I can't really think of a lot of differences. I think college helped me a lot, you know, helped me prepare for what, you know, what's to come, just traveling after every week and, you know, on top of, you know, schoolwork. And it's kind of nice now that I don't have to worry about schoolwork while playing golf. I just get to focus solely on golf. But yeah, if anything, I don't know, I'd say I'm also pretty lucky. Like I get to travel with my dad. I don't really have to worry about a lot of things. So, I can't really think of anything else that I've really struggled with. I guess it's just more of like the pressure. I feel like I've added a little bit of pressure to myself, which doesn't really I don't think it's the best thing for me. I have to learn how to you know just stay calm throughout everything and like I said, be confident with my own game.
0: Are you a goal oriented person do you and, and I only ask because if you are i was I was curious if you could maybe let us let us in on a on a couple you know near term long term goals that you have for yourself, at least as it relates to golf.
2: I don't know I wouldn't really say it's like yes and no I feel like for this year before everything happened a goal of mine was just you know I knew that my status wasn't going to be that great so I think one of my goals was just to play good enough to keep my status for next year but you know with everything going on and with COVID happening I guess it kind of changed since or I don't even think it changed because I'm probably going to still have the same status for next year I don't know but i kind of just go with the flow of things i should probably be more into goal setting just so i know what i'm working towards <laughs> i think i'm kind of getting better sometimes i write it down and then i just end up going with, with whatever <laughs> happens
0: i i have to imagine the olympics are probably a goal for you i i've I, again i've seen in in other interviews you've you've given I, it seems like you have an immense amount of pride to represent the philippines in in international golf and actually you um, at the 2018 Asian Games, you won the individual bronze medal and teamed up for uh, the team gold medal. I, I got to think at some point along the line, whether it be 2021 or 2020, or, uh, 20- 25 gosh uh that or maybe they'll go back to 2024 i I have to imagine that's a big goal for you though
2: yeah definitely the olympics it's like the biggest stage for sports it's kind of cool because at the asian games i won the team gold with Yuka, who's also out here playing so i think that's that's pretty awesome you know playing as a team and now we're playing as competitors but obviously like i try not to think about that as much but yeah definitely i love playing for my country it's like you said you know the pride that i have and just representing, I, I feel like I've, i represented the Philippines a lot growing up with all these junior events, but you know, it's just very, very different when you play for a country or something that's just bigger than yourself. So yeah, definitely the Olympics is the dream, the goal. Oh well, yeah. I'd say the goal. Cause you know, it's something that you can definitely achieve.
0: <laughs> there you go. Uh, do you and Yuka is, is that kind of a, are you guys good friends? Is there any type of friendly yeah. rivalry there?
2: I wouldn't say rival. I don't know. It's, She's also a lot younger than me, so, but I've seen her grow up. I've known her since she was nine. She'd watch me at the driving range when she was growing up, so that's kind of cool, and now we're out here playing together. It's pretty amazing, and, you know, we don't see each other that often, but when we do, it's like, you know, we never, it's like, it's like we never lost, like, communication with each other. It's, yeah, we're we're pretty good friends. <laughs>
0: nice uh all all right just a couple questions here and i'll 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 get you out what uh to put you on the spot a little bit what's what's been your favorite course that you've played this year at at a tour stop
2: um at the tour okay i'm probably going to be a little bit biased and because i played well there i really enjoyed um georgia uh, the great lakes at reynolds at lake Oconee that course is beautiful it was i've never felt so relaxed playing a tournament just especially with the back nine being by the lake and it was the back nine. i feel like it was a little bit tricky it was kind of narrow so i think that's probably one of the courses that i enjoyed this year i feel like inverness was a it was a pretty good inverness is beautiful i i
0: I would have guessed that's what you what you would have said (laughs) yeah that felt like a major to me just in you know, it's a major championship venue. It has been a major championship venue. It will host the Solheim Cup next year. Uh, it, it seemed like it kind of played like a major event. It
2: did. It was tough, and the conditions weren't, like, we played through the rain, and it was pretty windy. Courses, a little bit, it, it played pretty long, especially with the sudden gusts, but it was a beautiful golf course. It was, like, flat and hilly at the same time, which is kind of interesting, but super challenging, which I enjoyed.
0: Is there a course you know non non tour related that is your favorite
2: well i have one in the philippines and then one here in the united states i really enjoy playing tory pines okay i mean i also stay in san diego but i love the views you know that's like one thing that i enjoy when i'm playing golf the views like you're by the water and it's just i played the north course i've never played the south course which i probably should but the north course at tory pines like i love it i enjoy it like i love playing relaxed golf yeah
0: I'm, then, with, I'm with you there.
2: Yeah. It's, I mean, if you're going to, it's like going on a walk, right? But I guess in the Philippines, walk, 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 walk. I say walk, walk, but for people to understand, it's whack, whack. whack. <laughs> okay.
0: <Yeah. laughs> uh, have you ever been hang gliding off the coast there No, at I
2: haven't. I've never. <laughs> I, I kind of want to try that. I want to try a lot of things. <laughs>
0: All right. Uh, growing up, I, again, I, I realize we're at the U.S open so, you know, you you can give a the political answer. But I, I was just curious if there's one tournament title that you know, growing up you held above all others.
2: I feel like the US Open is pretty popular, but if anything, like uh, I wouldn't say growing up, but like pretty recent. Okay. Um after playing the first stage of Q school I really enjoyed playing Dinosaur in Mission Hills okay. where they host the A and A. And I played really well. I won the first stage, so I enjoyed that course. It was a drive. I feel like it was a driving course. That's why I loved it. That would be a pretty cool tournament to win.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, you can make the plunge into uh, Poppy's, <laughs> Poppy's Pond fun. there. Yeah.
2: I love that hole too.
0: <laughs> well, awesome. Uh, Bianca, I won't take any more of your time. I know you're, you're heading out to practice. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, thank you, and you for I c- having me. I, uh, absolutely. And I cannot wait to see what the winning score is going to be on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right. Take Hope care. That's right. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yes. Johnny, that's better than most. How about in? That is better than most. Better than most.
1: Expect.